Have you ever dreamed of being able to make more money, live a better life, and have the financial freedom that's rightfully yours? Well now is your chance. With an engaging perspective and tone, your host Ryan Dement will guide you through your journey to financial freedom one step at a time. Let's get to it. Here is your host Ryan Dement. Hey guys, Ryan Dement from Chasing Financial Freedom Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. On the podcast today, we have Sean Channel. So his story is a little different, and I wanted to bring him on because he talks about his first eight years in sales and how he sucked. And now he's teaching small business owners to grow or bring on their salespeople and get them in a profitable place. Sean, welcome to the, uh, welcome to the show. Ryan, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. You are more than welcome. So we had a little bit of a talk about what you what you're doing, but why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what or who you are and then how you got there? Yeah, uh, you know. So currently, I really focus on working with small business owners to help them uh, up level their own sales skills and or start building up their sales teams. Uh, most of us, as we grow our businesses, we'll get to a point where we'll look to have you know, our first salespeople, our first sales team, and we really help them, hire them, train them, develop them, and get them up and running so that, you know, the business owner can act as an owner and not the salesperson. Great story of of the first eight years of, of sucking at sales. What got you to want to change and stick with it? Because a lot of people wouldn't after eight years. That's That's a long journey. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm uh, stubborn or maybe just dumb. I, honestly, I can't tell you. Uh, it was, you know, I got into real estate at 19 years old. And really, I was, you know, I went to college. It just wasn't for me at that point. So I dropped out and I was living in a small community. And, you know, I always knew I wanted to be in the business. And so I didn't really know what that looked like at that age. And I had a friend whose father was in real estate and I thought, well, you know what? There's no degree requirements. This is something I can get into. And so, so I got into it, got my real estate uh, license at the age of 19 and thought, you know, I'm going to build a, get out here and make my fortune. Reality hit in and I soon realized that I had nothing in common with the people that were buying houses. Uh, you know, here I am, 19 year old kid living with my parents. Uh, I'm working with people that are in their 30s and 40s and, you know, 70s. They're buying their third house. They have kids older than me. They have grandkids my age. I didn't – I wasn't able to relate with them uh, and what they were going through. And so, I mean, I managed to sell a few houses, but I just wasn't successful at it. And so I ended up going into car sales, thinking that I might uh, be better at that. Nope, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and part of that was – not having a good coach, not having a good uh, instructor, someone that, to walk me through the sales process. Um, you know, my manager, when I was in real estate, was like, you know, you build relationships with people. I'm like, about what? How? You know, I'm 19-year-old, you know, underage drinking on the weekends, and, and these are people who are business professionals. They're buying their, you know, second house. What do we relate about? And when I got into car sales, you know, the coaching was similar. Uh, it was, you know, very high level. And typically in sales, people are either good at it or they're not. And when they're good at it, they don't necessarily know how to tell people how to be good at it. You know, they just say, well, I just build relationships with people. I just talk to people. I, you know, I just close them. Um, we negotiate. 
I'm like, well, what does that mean? And so I had to find a really strategic way to, to do all this. And it, and it took me a while. And so I bounced around from, you know, real estate and car sales and, and door to door. And all of those things kind of molded my approach. Uh, I, I did go back to college during that course. So, um, you know, after the, the first stint in car sales, my parents finally convinced me to go back to college. So I went and got my degree in economics, but I immediately went back into car sales when I got out. Uh, and so, you know, I just, maybe I don't like to be bad at things. And so maybe I wanted to find, figure out a way to, to be good at this, but it definitely took me a long time and it definitely took me a lot of hard lessons to, to find a, a way to find success. So when you first started in real estate at 19, what drew you to it? Uh, well, I think initially it was just the ease of uh, access to get it. It's not hard to become a real estate agent uh, and get your real estate license. I mean, you know, I went through a, a course. It was a self-paced course through, um, you know, a pretty big uh, branded, you know, real estate firm. But I was, you know, I was 19 years old. I was used to studying. I was used to, you know, being a student. And so I just really buckled down. And three weeks later, I had my real estate license. Uh, now, that just legally allows you to sell real estate. It doesn't teach you any of the ins and outs of the real estate business. But that was what drew me to it, was just the ability to get in there, thinking that I was going to be able to be successful from a business perspective very quickly. And I think that just translates to today and beyond because you see the market. It's starting to cool off. The real estate market is cooling off, but you see a lot of real estate agents just jumping in because they think it's easy and I can just sell a house. And I think that is a, a great story and a great point to talk about just for the simple point is sales is not meant for everyone. And you brought that up. It's either you're really good or you're really not. And as business owners, we don't get a choice of being either or. You've, you've got to be able to drive the business and be able to do that. So having somebody like you to help us is, is critical. So how do you help small businesses? Like, like for myself, I mean, we don't have salespeople because we're in real estate development. But could we? Probably. I mean, we could do some different stuff. But how would you help a small business owner, let's say, uh, Oh, you know what? Not, don't let me, let me go down that path. How about you tell me what type of businesses you work with and kind of your system, and then we'll kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Um, so I work with a lot of uh, small business organizations, um, chambers of commerce and, and minority business enterprises and, and things like that. And through those partnerships, I do a lot of standalone sales training. And that is really designed for uh, small business owners to help them up-level their sales skills. Um, you know, one of the things I don't think most of us realize when we get into running our, our own company is how much sales is required. Um, you know, you don't, you, you know, I've been really good at real estate or I've been really good at construction. I've been really good at, as an accountant and I want to start my own company, not recognizing that that means I have to sell my services, my products to other people. And so a lot of small business owners struggle with that aspect. Um, and so, you know, we walk them through a very, uh, you know, the course is about 25 hours. Uh, it is, you know, you walk away with, what do I put in emails, right? You know, four or five different email templates. Uh, what do you say on that first phone call? Uh, what's my follow-up look like? What's my social media uh, presence look like? I mean, you walk away with a script. I don't want to say script. A strategic blueprint, a plan on how to take 
go from a prospecting conversation to a closing conversation. And that allows a lot of small business owners to go out and start becoming more effective at closing the leads that are in their funnel. And if they can, you know, jump from one out of every 10 interactions, becoming a customer to two or three, that's a game changer for the business. Um, And then at some point, you know, ideally, you're going to get to the spot where you're like, it doesn't make sense for me as the business owner to do all the sales. I need to have a dedicated salesperson. And that really came about as working with business owners who were like, we've tried. We've hired them. They lasted three months or they lasted eight months. And they just didn't have the same passion, the same skills, or the same ability as me. And so, you know, it's back on my lap. And there is a difference, right? As a business owner, we're passionate. This is our baby. This is, this is what we love. This is what we're, we know we're good at. Bringing Amen. somebody on board without structure, without training, without a, a plan, you, it's a toss-up. Uh, you might get lucky and find the right person. But, you know, I spent the last 17 years coaching, developing, hiring, and training salespeople. So I know what to look for when it comes to hiring a salesperson. I, I know how to translate your business to them so that they have those skills. I know what processes to put in place for them, what CRM system we should use. You know, we create playbooks. We create a, a foundation to set that person up for success. And then that allows that business owner to go, okay, okay the salesperson's really got it going on. I can focus on growing my business in other ways, whether that's through more marketing efforts, you know, uh, driving profits, you know, uh, cutting costs, whatever those things look like, allows them to really run their business and not have to be that salesperson. So what I got to start getting down to my questions here, because I got some interesting ones for myself, at least popping in my head as a business owner. So what would you say the number one obstacle is for a small business owner when it comes to sales? So the trans, when, I, when I'm starting is the transition piece from, okay, I'm doing all the work, I'm doing all the sales, to, oh my gosh, I've got to scale now if I want to continue to grow and bring on a salesperson. What are, what are the, the hurdles there from going from I'm doing it all to bringing somebody on? Well, part of it's control. Um, I think that's where a lot of business owners struggle, especially when you've been doing it all. You have a way of doing it. And that way may be highly effective for you. That doesn't mean it's going to be highly effective for the salesperson that you bring on. And so I think, you know, one of the benefits of working with someone like me is I'm the outside person looking at. And so I can say, well, this makes sense. This might not make sense for a salesperson. And I don't have the emotional attachment that you may have to your processes, the, the way that you think things should be done. And my whole goal is to look at, at it from a scale perspective. Um, so I think, you know, control and letting someone else find their rhythm, find their opportunity uh, to do things that are as effective as you would do, but maybe on their own path um, is one of the things that I've seen with a lot of business owners when they're looking to hire that first salesperson is, is be able to, to say, I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> the results will come, right? And, and and letting that happen. It is definitely control because uh, I've had some other business that I've sold or dealt with, and and I needed salespeople. And I know when I was doing the sales versus bringing somebody on, I had the same problem. Uh, luckily, I had a partner that was very good at sales and was able to work with the salespeople as they came on. But I totally get it. Control pieces is a is a huge issue. So. 
once you know we, you bring somebody on and you're giving them the the training, the opportunities, and so forth. How does the owner's mentality change? I mean, do you, is it like overnight? Is it over a period of time? I, you said 25 hours. That's a pretty substantial amount of time. How, how does that owner or that small business transform from going from I'm doing it all to now I've got salespeople doing it? Yeah, it's, um, well, you know, I think one of the reasons that a lot of people decide to make that transition and decide to work with someone like myself is, you know, they're, they're tapped. Right? They're, they're emotionally, mentally tapped. And mostly that's because from a time perspective, right? Running a business is very time consuming, especially when you're acting as a full-time salesperson. So what I see a lot of times is, you know, those first few weeks. Um, and typically when I, and I help someone build a sales team or, you know, hire a salesperson, we're talking three to six months of, of partnership. Right? This is something that's going to take some time to fully develop and, and get settled in. So those first few weeks, you know, there's a lot of uh, questions and a lot of concerns and a lot of, you know, looking over the shoulder. But then what you notice is they start to see those processes being put in place. When they start to understand um, what the visions, you know, going to outcomes going to look like, it's almost like this sense of relief. Um, you know, also, you know, I love people to thank me because I'm giving them time back with their families. I'm giving them time to focus on areas of their business that they know they're not, you know, fully invested in. And now they have the ability to do that. And it's really rewarding for me because I get to see these individuals kind of get their lives back. And at the same time, their businesses are thriving and growing and set up for long-term success. Um, You know, because the only way that we're really going to survive is to continue to, you know, scale. And if we're all trying to carry everything on ourselves as the business owners, we can only do that for so long. Um, and then eventually we get burned out and we, most of us, you know, maybe we get lucky and sell the business. But if you look at the statistics, most of the time we just end up closing shop. And that's what I'm trying to help business owners avoid. Is there a huge difference between bringing one person on as a salesperson versus a team? when it comes to the small business and, and I know it's scale, but is from the training perspective from your side? Uh, personally, my favorite, if the business owner feels that they can do it from a financial perspective is to bring on a minimum of two. Um, a couple of reasons. One that helps protect the investment they're making in me and the training program. Uh, because if for one, for some reason or not, one of those two people don't work out, they still have someone, you know, out there doing the sales. Uh, but, from a sales, purely sales perspective, it's easier when you have a partner. It's easier when you have someone who's going through the same things that you're going through, uh, the same learning curve, the same you know rejections, and there's that competitive aspect. Uh, most good salespeople are, are competitive, and so if I know that I'm competing against uh, Sally, and you know we're, we're going through the same thing, and we're calling you know same type of prospects, and we're have the same expectations, I want to win. Uh, and so I'm going to push myself every single day from a sales perspective to try and beat, you know, that peer. Uh, but at the same time, I have someone to bounce ideas off of, uh, and, and share my stories with. So, you know, having two people I've seen really sets the company up for success, uh, from a lot of different aspects. So I'm a small business owner and I want to scale. 
what and this is I know this is going to be it's very vague, but it's it's just one of those questions I've got to ask. When do you typically see those small business owners come to you and say, I'm ready to scale? I mean, what what actions or or what events have happened to get them there? Yeah. Um, so from a revenue perspective, it's happened. I mean, we're talking where companies are doing, you know, just several hundred thousand dollars all the way up to, I think, you know, there's companies that have, the owners are doing 10 to 15 without a sales team and you know, it's 10 to 15 million. And they're like, okay, <laughs> so we're tapped. So I think it really depends on your business model um, and what it is you sell and who you sell to. Uh, you know, there are companies out there that are more driven just by the market. Okay? And so they can they can generate much higher levels of revenue because the marketing funnel is spot on and, and you know, they know their niche. There's other companies out there that may be a little more competitive and you've got to have an active outbound sales effort. So I think a lot of it depends on that business model that you're looking at. But it really just comes down to is, are you closing as much business as you'd like? Are you fully taking advantage of all the opportunities that are available to you? Whether those are, you know, just the market in general, right? Are you touching as many potential customers as you could? Or, you know, are there leads that are coming into your pipeline that you're unable to actively work because you don't have the bandwidth? And so I think you just have to look at it, you know, if I make this short-term investment now, do I have the potential to, to start recouping, you know, uh, my investment? Yeah. And do the sales start paying off and, and moving yourself to the next level of scale? Totally agree. So, and I'm going to keep on drilling down to the small business owner because there's a lot of entrepreneurs in here that are going to be listening. So I really want to ask the questions is, some some business owners don't really know when it, enough is enough, and and I know you have a different you know perspective. Putting you know yourself in their shoes, when that enough is enough. In when we talked about revenue, or we talked about I, I've lost time, whatever. But what would be some tips if you're on the fence on whether or not to bring on a salesperson? How do you back that up or talk to that entrepreneur or that small business owner when you're doing your sales or speaking to people about? okay, I feel your pain, but here's where you're at type of a thing. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, um, and one of the things I'm, even as a, a sales leader, a salesperson, you know, I think the first thing we start is what is our financial goals? Like, what are we trying to accomplish? And can we back that up through our actions? If I want to produce, you know, $250,000 more this year, well, you know, how many sales do I have to make, right? If we have, you know, have to make X number of sales, how many clients do I have to talk to? Right? And so you start looking at what are those components, what are those benchmarks from a financial perspective to get us to a goal? And, you know, if we pay someone $50,000 right, to do these activities, will that justify, and we get to that number, will that justify their existence? And so I think he's, you know, just like anything else, any other investment you make, where, where are we trying to get to and then and work backwards from a financial perspective? Um, if it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, then it's probably not the right fit. And, you know, that also depends a little bit on the business model. Um, there's some companies that, you know, uh, an inside outbound salesperson is the right fit. There's other businesses I work with that need someone that's out on the street. 
you know, that's, that's actually sitting in front of customers. Um, and those are two different types of salespeople. And, you know, there's different levels of experience you might look for, different, you know, um, backgrounds. And so, you know, all those things come into play when we start talking about what the right fit is and what direction they should go. But those also might come with different salaries and different uh, levels of compensation and different requirements. So, you know, we have to take all those things into consideration before we just say, yep, we need a salesperson. Let's pay someone $100,000 a year and, 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 and go. So you come with a, a whole set of different skills, and it sounds like you're also going to help the business owner or the entrepreneur with kind of backdooring the numbers to understand the sales piece. Is that true, or am I, am I just in, interpreting that incorrectly? No, I think, um, you know, the only way I can believe that I'm successful is for them to be happy, right? Uh, and at the end of the day, I believe the only way that, that my clients are going to be happy is if what they've invested in is paying for itself. And so I need to understand what that what that looks like. Right? I can't help them get to a goal if I don't know what that goal is. And so that's what we need to come together and you know understand what you're trying to accomplish from a sales perspective and what that looks like beyond. That. Okay. So from that perspective part of your services is kind of helping them with those financial numbers and understanding that. And that's, that's part of a process. You get them there and they're, they're ready to go. I guess my next question is it, it all, for me, it boils down to potato, potato is, is, and I'm going to say this is because it, it is all about the, the bottom line, but during those 25 hours of training, is the person or the salespeople that are brought on, are they actively working sales during the actual training? Or is it truly a training system to like, you're kind of like a new hire and you are working through the training piece and you don't really hit the sales floor until you're completed? Yeah, typically my preference is, you know, we're going to spend at least two weeks getting you prepped. I think that depends on the complexity of the products. You know, I'm not a product expert for every client. So there will be some expectations that the, you know, the business itself is responsible for making sure that the salesperson understands their products and services. Um, in addition to that, you know, you have to understand the company culture, the company's overall processes, you know, what, how does a lead come into the company? How does, um, you know, what happens after the sale? What's the expectations from a, a follow-up? You know, so all those pieces have to be, or should be at least in my opinion, shared with the, the, the new salesperson so that they fully understand the business as well as you would as the business owner. And that takes time. Um, and so, you know, typically two weeks, uh, we, you know, we get them onboarded and ramped and they're essentially just focused on learning the sales methodology, learning the company, learning the products and services, uh, technology, CRM systems, you know, any of those aspects of it. And then we start getting them, um, you know, out there and start making, you know, sales efforts during that time. And typically I said, you know, typically I'm working with these companies three to six months. Uh, and in some cases up to a year, I'm acting as that sales manager. So, you know, I'm meeting with those salespeople every single day, or at least a few times a week. Um, we're talking through how their sales activities are going, what, you know, who they're focused on, what their pipeline looks like. So that again, they're getting that true sales leadership um, so they get those habits in place over their first few months. And you know, when I walk away, the company has a playbook. 
Like they have a sales playbook of, you know, here's what our processes are. Here's what our daily expectations are. Here's our KPIs. Here's all of these things. So when a business owner is ready to add that, you know, second or third or 10th salesperson, they can repeat that same process every single time. How hard is it in your experience for the, the business owner entrepreneur to adjust to becoming a sales manager in, instead of or lieu of the salesperson? Um, for some of them, it's really simple. Uh, others, it's, it's different. Um, and I think that depends a little bit on their own sales background. Uh, but, you know, if you think about it, uh, as a business owner, you probably are managing other people within your organization. And there's certainly some different conversations that you're going to have as a salesperson. Uh, but I typically do invest some time with the business owners to talk through, you know, how do you have coaching conversations? Uh, so you know, there is definitely an aspect of what we do that's designed to help them uh, step into that sales leadership role and really understand, you know, what are the metrics we should care about? What do our coaching conversations look like? Uh, how much leeway and, and freedom do we give the sales team? Um, so, you know, they're as prepared as possible. Uh, but when I walk away and I'm no longer involved, that they can just keep the, the ball rolling. You've got, you've got a lot of knowledge and, and you have a lot of experience in a lot, many business owners and entrepreneurs, including me. There's times where we just want to be in control of everything, but we do need somebody like you to, to help us. I mean, if I was in a service business, I, I think I would be uh, signing up today with what you've shared. So last piece here, I've got to ask the question. How can somebody get a hold of you or be able to talk to you more about your services if they're a small business owner and they're looking to scale? Yep. Uh, well, they can come out to our website, which is just-launch.com, uh, and reach okay. out to us there. Uh, we're all over social media, so they can find us on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Um, you know, My email is sean.channel at just-launch.com, so uh, you know, they can send me a, an email. So. We're pretty easy to find and more than happy to have a conversation. You know, part of my uh, job every day is to have sales conversations. And there's a, a win in that because it allows me to make sure that my skills are current and up to date. And I understand uh, what the market is looking for. And I can help transition that into our sales training. Sean, I thank you for coming on. You have a, a vast amount of knowledge. I'd love to have you back on and have some more. I'd like to tell some more stories about some of your sales that you've done in the past or maybe some entrepreneurs that you've helped. Uh, that'd be great to share with uh, our listeners. But I thank you for coming on and we'll definitely be sharing your information in the show notes and we'll make sure people can get a hold of you. Awesome. Again, thank you for having me on, Ryan. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.